from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I can't decide if if Janice from Friends would be a great podcast host because of her crazy voice or if she would be the worst podcast host (laughs) because of her crazy voice. Um... It's yeah, fam- like, famously a difficult voice to listen, listen to. So I would think it'd be tough. What if she did like a five minute podcast every day? <laughs> <laughs> Wake Just up with Janet. Sure, boost. <laughs> yeah. It would wake me up wanted. for sure. Obviously, when you listen to that actress speak mm-hmm. in real life, she doesn't sound anything like that. Wow. It's kind of weird. That's a good character voice. Though. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's great. She's what does she sound like? I've like a normal that. human being? It's a regular voice? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's been... Does she even have like an accent? Like a New York accent? I, I was just going to say, it's been well over a decade uh, since I cared about anything about friends. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and even then, it was... Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't say caring is it's the a word. a lukewarm feeling yeah. at best. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those like early days of the internet. Like, oh, an article came up for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. It's about the girl from Friends. That was that was the thing I'll read today on the internet. I wonder what I'll read tomorrow. And that right. was it. I did see someone tweet like they missed the stumble upon era of the internet. Oh when my god. You just go on the internet and you found the weirdest shit. And it wasn't about 
finding anything specific. Yeah. It's literally like, I'm going to see what I run across today. Yeah. And that's so true. That is a different era. There was straight up a website. I had it bookmarked as my homepage called Stumble Upon. Oh, cool. I didn't like, know there was an actual Yeah, page. you checked your, cool. you checked boxes with all your interests and it would just show you random shit. Mm, that's it cool. was like, you know, the algorithm before the algorithm. Mm. Um, yeah, it was super cool. And it was mostly all, at least the boxes I had checked, I mostly got interesting, fun or funny or like cool science stuff or whatever. Sure. TV, video, movie related yeah. things. Yeah. And now you have all the world's hatred concentrated into a four inch brick in your pocket at all times. <laughs> <laughs> what a life. But not us. Not you us. You also get us. Yeah. And that offsets everything. Because we're not we're not about that hatred. Well, <laughs> well, look, people don't want us to talk about murdering people anymore. I know we did get a review. Where they said they were very tired of hearing us wish murder upon people. And to be fair, you implied murder upon people, and I backed us off. No one wished murder on anyone. <laughs> I was going to say I don't think I wished murder on many people. No, I have certainly threatened to set a building on fire before, yeah. but. Yeah, you know, and that's maybe a building. and maybe you've suggested that <laughs> people were inside that building, but <laughs> I know also that All that right, is nothing fair. you would ever do. No, um, I'm way too lazy for arson. <laughs> Let's be honest. I was about to inflate your compassion and your good nature, but that's uh, the laziness. <laughs> wow, I'd like a comfortable beachside. Resort in which to write my angry letters about how everything should change. My uh, armchair quarterbacking. I am fed up with the way communities are marginalized in this country. And can I get another pina colada, please? Thank you so much. Over here. Thank you, real quick. Thank you. I know you Where was I? a dollar a day. <laughs> True. I guess a resort would be a bad place to go. Here's <laughs> a quarter. Don't shitty. spend it all in one place. <laughs> wow. You're wow. a terrible person. Holy shit. <laughs> in this in this very fictional fantasy we've crafted. <laughs> we can't afford a beachside vacation with no. with piña coladas being brought to us. Not even for a quarter yeah. per drink. Well, I could tell you one place I'd love a beachside vacation and that is Spain. Oh, I love Spain. I know, the very brief brief honeymoon alert time honeymoon that we got alert. to spend there in Barcelona it was one of the coolest cities I've ever been to. Definitely. And I would, I would definitely take a few weeks and just do Spain. Just all like, of Spain. All of Spain. But, yeah, beautiful. And if we could jump over to Portugal, that'd be dope. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I know it needs its I own. I know. Every time we start talking about a vacation, it just starts expanding. A lot of mission creep <laughs> in our vacation creep, planning. <laughs> but <laughs> right. I, 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 that's not the point. We're talking about Spain today. We've got a story that is another one that's from legend, sort of, but it could be fact, it could be fiction, but it spawned a huge cultural following and it became the central tourist draw for a city in Spain. Mm. Now, this story says that in the 13th century, two teenagers from opposing families fell in love and their parents would not let them get together. Mm. Now, this sounds familiar, right? But it ain't Romeo and Juliet. In fact, all this happened a couple hundred years before those two crazy kids even went into Shakespeare's brain. Oh. This was Diego and Isabel of Teruel, Spain. And you can even go visit them today. Oh. Kinda. We'll get to that. Let's dig into this centuries-old story and hear how it led 
to a Guinness World Record being set just a few years ago. Farewell, let's go. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Yeah, before we get into the story, yeah. um, I thought that it would be really fun to revisit our Ridicucon idea. Oh, Ridicucon. Ridicucon. We threw that idea out at a previous episode, uh-huh. and several of y'all responded very enthusiastically about having some kind of fun convention with us and ridiculous news and ridiculous crime and ridiculous history all in the same Can you imagine? It's so much ridiculousness. uh, The roof would just get blown off. In a very funny way, I imagine. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. it'd be like... uh, Foam or something cool. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Exploding with foam. It's silly. Shooting up into the sky. Hopefully it would be something historical and loving and newsworthy and also a bit of a crime so that we could all cover it. (laughs) Those are the best stories. We're going to find that one one? four podcast crossover story that just fits them all. And we're all involved and it's a chaotic podcast episode of all time. (laughs) Just eight people (laughs) screaming at each other. Maybe we'll have to make that a four episode series (laughs) or something. But yeah, y'all were super excited about this silly idea that we had. And um, we had also asked you to come up with fun activities that we could have at yep. this RidicuCon, stuff that we could all enjoy. And y'all came through gangbusters with some good ideas. But also, like a while back, we did an episode about Hadrian and Antonus from uh-huh. ancient Rome mm-hmm. and mentioned, you know, wouldn't it be fun if there was an Art Olympics, like an Olympics, but for art. For art, yeah. And y'all came through with some amazing ideas for Art Olympics oh, as well. Oh, man, these that, all go together, yeah. Exactly. They We never got to talk about those ideas. Uh-huh. So I was like, mm, we should just combine these because I feel like Art Olympics totally works for Vicucon. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So I thought we could open up the letterbox and have a quick mail call. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so our first one comes from Larissa Hughes, who suggested for Ridiculicon a photo booth with themed world locations, Mm -hmm. and we would call it Pull a Dorothy Putnam and Take a Trip About It. Yeah! I personally am in love with this idea. Uh, This is perfect. I mean, y'all know Dorothy Putnam is just the coolest person in the world. Amazing. And her style of like, I'm upset, I'm going to take a trip halfway across the world is something I think we can all aspire to. Right. Uh, Especially you. (laughs) That's that's just, you're like, if I had the money, I would pop out of here at any given time. (laughs) And I would take as many people as I could with me and tell them all to go do something else. Um, (laughs) But but, uh, it's perfect. Backdrops from all over the world, Mm -hmm. you know, cool, funny props. Yes. Photo booth. Get a scarf to like wind around your face and like some cool sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a fan blowing. Also, I think you'd need to have the ship as an option, Mm, too. Get get your picture on the steamship (gasps) that Dorothy was on. And she's sort of like. You have to like sort of be like, oh, George is here. Yeah. Oh, hey, babe. (laughs) Kind of waving. Great, I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, no, this totally is perfect. This is perfect. I'm setting up this photo booth just I, for myself. Yes. Uh, Larissa also said that Dorothy is her favorite episode. Much like me, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorites too. And she cannot wait for the George and Amelia one, which I'm very excited to get to yeah. very soon. That's going to be Earhart. coming up. Yes. 
So yeah, and then we combined Larissa's amazing idea with some Artlympics suggestions we had gotten on Twitter. So at Songflightgirls suggested couples Pictionary. So uh-huh. the last couple to divorce and or break up wins. <laughs> that tells you how competitive Pictionary can really be. Right, right. <laughs> uh, she also suggested speed caricature oh. and said, I don't know how this one works. I just think characters of the judges would be funny. <laughs> And then also, I will not be judging that one. I don't need no. a caricature. <laughs> oh, let me exaggerate all the things you don't like about your face. I know, right? No, thank you. Um, and also, Song Flight Girl said, endurance ceiling painting. Can you outlast Michelangelo? <gasps> that would be incredibly Ooh, difficult. I can tell you right now, I cannot. Cannot outlast Michelangelo. Absolutely not. Probably in any place. No, probably in any <laughs> medium. <laughs> Yeah. Or medium, yeah. It's science and art. I mean, I'm going to lie down on my back on a scaffold and, like, lift a paintbrush to the ceiling. And within, I want to say, four seconds, my hand will be completely asleep. Yeah, just asleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at Lady Teague uh, got in on this, also suggesting slalom sculpting. Uh, yeah. No, I get it. I get oh, it. Right. I think, okay. Steph, if I'm right here, uh-huh. let me know. So you would get on your skis okay. and you would go... <laughs> in patterns on the mountain to create a sculpture, oh. right? Like you would use your wow. your skis to carve okay. away the snow until you've created, you know, whatever, your own little Mount Rushmore or that whatever it is you want to put into the side of that mountain. Sculpture. What would you carve in the side of a mountain in the snow? With your skis, with all your ski talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never been on a pair of skis. <laughs> I think I would be lucky to create a pile. But I think it would be dope to carve like like Snoop Dogg, and then like one of the good evergreens would be like oh a cool blunt like, like blunt coming out. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's what I would try. I would try that's to. Clever. I would try to bring in the natural scenery. Right <laughs> into my <laughs> into my art. That's good. That's good. What about you? What would you sculpt? Well, what I sculpt yeah. in the side of a mountain. You know what I would do? I would sculpt a picture of a smaller mountain. <gasps> so I, I love like that. that. Yeah, that's very meta. Yeah, I would just carve like the Paramount logo. <laughs> Into the mountain. That's because you're sponsored by Paramount. <laughs> yes, yes. So I got five <laughs> million. We got to bring in the corporation. <laughs> Paramount, if you want to pay me five million dollars to carve your logo into the side of a mountain with my skis, uh, I will have it ready in about three years after I get I enough ski say. lessons in <laughs> to do this. Um, on the same tip, Lady Teague also suggested beach volleyball sand paintings. Oh, that, yeah. Very similar, I feel. Would you put paint on the volleyball and let it fall? That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do, yeah. too. Or, like, you would hit it and, like, the splatter would make something cool. Uh-huh. And also, interpretive high jump. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's that would be yes. amazing. Because you would, you would get on. That's the one with the um, stick, right? That you jump over those big hurdles. Uh, well, that's that pole vaulting. Jump? Oh, that's pole vaulting. Yeah, I okay. think the high jump is literally just how high can literally you jump with your marathon. own two legs. Okay, okay. Not not hurdles, necessarily. Oh. It's like you run up, can you jump over this bar at this height? Oh, okay. With just your own two little grasshopper legs. <laughs> wow, but then interpretive, you would have to include Make some cool. movements up there to, <laughs> some to convey some meaning, yeah. Mm, yeah. I like this sport. This is beautiful. This is amazing. I also, can't wait. The body would be so strong. It'd be like parkour slash oh. <laughs> dance slash. Yeah. No, I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> the amount of energy this would take, the control over your body. Finally, Angie C on Instagram suggested, quote, 
can we have a game where you cover yourself in paint okay. and then fling yourself into the medium of your choice, a la Big Lebowski? Right. And then can we have a game that somehow involves, like, the rules of curling, but make it art? Or maybe clean up. Because <laughs> we know the real MVPs of winter sports are the middle-aged dads with Swiffers on the ice. Sure. <laughs> like, maybe they could have a go at removing all the glitter or something. Wow. Now, glitter removal is an Olympic sport. Oh, I hate it. Can you imagine? Okay. Right. We got a story to get to. Right. We, we've... we've told y'all we were going to tell you a story, and then we told you a completely different thing. I know. But, but it was fun. I mean, we had to get into that. Thank you for all those fun ideas. Thank you. I think this party is really planning itself. Yeah. Keep them coming, because uh -huh. it's time for us to go talk to Ben and Noel uh -huh. and the other hosts and, yeah. uh, and yep. get this thing going. All right? But for today, let us journey back to 13th century Spain. There is a city called Teruel in Spain that's got romance built right into its history. It's a beautiful city. It's full of Renaissance architecture. There's this aqueduct standing there that was built in the 16th century. There's all this other amazing history. This was the place where the first dinosaur in Spain was ever discovered. Cool. So that's super cool. You can go see that. Of course, there's gorgeous cathedrals mm -hmm. being popping up all over the place, including the Iglesia de San Pedro. Mm -hmm. And this church is home to a mausoleum for Los Amantes de Teruel or the lovers of Teruel. And this tomb is dedicated to a story from the 13th century that's, like we said, kind of Romeo and Juliesque, right? <laughs> uh, the most complete version of this story that we could find was in a book called Spanish and Basque Legends, translated and adapted by Richard Marsh. So thank you, Richard. We got a lot of the, we filled in a lot of the details from, uh, from your version of this story. The story says there were two wealthy families in Spain in the early 1200s. The de Marcias, who were an old, respected family, and the Seguras, who were like the new money family. They're doing really well in the real estate game, right? Upstarts. <laughs> and of course, from these two families, there were two children. Diego Martinez de Marcias and Isabel Asegura. And they played together all the time as kids. They grew up running around the same parks and everything. And as they grew into teenagers, of course, they fell in love. Aw, that good old friends to lovers. Of course, classic. Vibes. Tale as old as time. Yeah, these were those kids that everyone knew was going to get married right, one day. All right. right? They're all over each other, always together, always flirting. People probably grossed out by their PDA because, you know, they're teenagers. <laughs> yeah, so. you know, teenagers. They're probably holding hands. <gasps> <laughs> so they're skipping through the street and they're the picture of sweetness and one day when they were 15 years old they went to Isabel's father and said hey obviously we want to get married everybody's on board right right we're like the ideal couple the perfect example of two families overcoming their differences and getting along come yeah. on it's perfect love story for the ages everyone's just waiting for this to happen right Right. We're Isabel and Diego. We're like Ross and Rachel. <laughs> we get two Friends references in this episode. I know, right? We don't really watch that show. <laughs> but Papa Segura checked the books, and it turned out that the Demarcias were broke. Uh-oh. All that old money had dried up over the years. So he said, Daughter, I'm the richest man in this town, and I got one job. That's to make you marry for logistical purposes and not for love. So, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Get out of town. <laughs> Nothing's happening here. Wow. No marriage from Papa Segura. <laughs> wow, okay. Y'all are done. 
Well, of course, these two, they're both heartbroken and they would do anything to change his mind, like no matter what it would take. So Diego starts running through ideas in his head. I got to get rich. Mm -hmm. I got to be wealthy to impress my girlfriend's dad. Classic, another tale as old as time. He's like, I don't know. You know, he's thinking of ideas. He's like, maybe I'll get into this uh, cryptocurrency, (laughs) right? I'll make an NFT. Yeah, I'll make an NFT out of myself. (laughs) Um, I'll sell feet pics. I don't know. Maybe I'll unload all these old Pokemon cards, you know, (laughs) which was big money back then. Um, Nothing seemed like the right answer. None of that stuff existed right. yet. So <laughs> no tradable, right. collectible. So he's like, hang on, I'm checking myself here. It's the year 1212. So what does everyone do in this day and age to get rich? He's thinking, he's like, oh my God, I know they go seek their fortune, whatever that means. That's like what everyone does this yeah, age, right? Go look if for you it. if I leave town for a while, I'll come back rich. That's just what happens. It happens in all the stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so no, it's like <laughs> it's like step one, go travel the world. <laughs> step two. Dot dot dot. Step three, profit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if only that were true today. Know, right? We'd be so rich. Oh my god. Well, so he tells Papa Segura this and he says, Oh yeah, actually, you know what, young man? You could go join the Christian army that's assembling in Barcelona to fight the Moors. Mm -hmm. Lots of people were coming back from the wars with tons of money in their pocket, lots of jewels, Mm -hmm. land they've acquired. It was not a bad way to get rich. But, young man, Mm -hmm. if Isabel marries off before then, then you're shit out of luck. Sorry. You know what? You can go get rich, but if you come back and she's already married, too bad. I don't care how much money you got. Uh Uh-huh. Well, Isabel was basically like, let me take a hand <laughs> in my own future. I guess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So she said, well, actually, Daddy, I talked to God the other day, and he asked me to stay a virgin for five more years until I'm 20 years old. Oh. So there's no way in hell I'm going to get married before then. That's God. He said it. I'm into it. And so Papa couldn't argue with that. It's God, after all. And so they all agreed on a timeline. Diego had five years exactly to go make his fortune in the wars, but not a single day longer. Mm. Papa Segura said, you better hot foot it out of here tomorrow, because the day after five years from now, she's getting married to somebody. Yeah. And I hope it's not you, but if it's you, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> At least you'll have money. So sure enough, Diego left the next day. And during those five years... Papa Segura was constantly trying to get Isabel to marry somebody besides Diego. He's like, how about this realtor? He's rich. Or this noble. He's got some real assets. Even Uh though his face sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so on and so forth. He's finding all these rich and noble people Uh uh, uh, options for her. Um, But Isabel keeps kind of ducking and dodging. Meanwhile, Marsh says that Diego did really well in the army and distinguished himself in battle many times. Mm. He became an officer. He was eventually awarded a knighthood. And they gave him tons of land for his conquests. He even saved the life of a French soldier who left Diego his estate in his will. Wow. Okay. So, like he thought, you leave, you get some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. If you save a man's life and he leaves you everything in his will, you're not going to try that hard to save his life again next time. I, I was just thinking that. <laughs> you know? So he's like, I guess I should kill you now. Or <laughs> now, according to Marsh's account, some say that Diego 
never wrote to her because he wanted to show up with a big surprise. Just mm. reappear one day. Look at all the money I have. Let's get married. Aren't you excited for right, this? Right, right. But the more accepted story is that her parents intercepted all of his letters because they had someone else in mind for her to marry. They had settled on Don Rodrigo de Azagra, who was a wealthy retired knight. They even told Isabel at one point that Diego had been killed in battle. Damn. But of course, he hadn't. He was out there doing really well and making stacks on stacks. Mm -hmm. And it was just about time for him to head home. And we'll check back in on his journey right after this. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts, it's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. 
We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome back, everyone. Well, Diego had amassed a huge fortune and vast properties. And he looked at his watch. He's like, oh, shit, I got to get back. Mm-hmm. Almost five years are up. He's got uh, he's got one of those five year watches. <laughs> it's it's like, like a day calendar. Yeah. He rips yeah. Off. <laughs> <laughs> so he's already cutting it a bit close, but it looked like if I leave now, uh, Waze says that I will be back <laughs> in plenty of time before the five year period was up. But what happens to every single one of us mm-hmm. when we're in a rush, when we're running late. Do the roads open up? No. Does everyone get out of your way? Is it a clear and pleasant journey to your destination? No. Of course not. Everything goes wrong. And it happened for Diego, too. As soon as he got back to his ship to sail back to Spain, this huge storm came rolling in, and they had to delay their departure. So stressful. Yeah. Very obnoxious. He's hitting every red light. You know, there's just like car randomly pulls out in front of him they like pull out really fast in front of him but then they only go 20 miles an hour and you're like why did you pull out dangerously in front of me if you're not in a hurry Ugh. I got you know it is. <laughs> it's probably happening to you if you're driving listening right to this now. podcast right now <laughs> so he finally got back to spain he gets on the road to terwell and it looked like he was gonna show up literally five years to the day after he left Mm. just in time he's like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it get the hell out of my way he's riding on his horse he's like i'm not picking up hitchhikers i'm not gonna break for school buses i'm going i'm crossing every train track i'm going i'm going i'm going back at home isabel was indeed being prepped for her wedding her parents were like completely obsessed with this don rodrigo they're picking out colors for the nursery (laughs) isabel's getting fitted for her wedding dress they're bringing in flowers they got food She's probably kind of tapping her foot and looking around like, where is Diego? Uh-oh. Diego. Cutting your clothes. Donde estas Diego? <laughs> and Diego is riding as fast as he can. He's whipping past the countryside. When one horse gets tired, he jumps on another one. Whoa. He did not stop. He just kept riding. Isabel is like making her centerpieces real slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Very last minute. So I don't like this color flower. I'm going to replace them all. Uh-huh. She's thinking, okay, you had five years. Donde estas? <laughs> and then finally, finally, Diego arrived back in Terwell. It was evening, five years to the day since he had left. He'd made it. He just had to go find Isabel. Diego sprinted through the town to the Segura estate. He was so excited. He was going to bust in and tell her father what a wealthy man he was now. And there was no way Isabel would marry anyone but him. He heard a celebration on the lawn. And he thought, oh my God, could this is this for me? Did they know I was... <laughs> Did someone tell them I was coming in and they so put a party together? This is wonderful. And he busts through the gates, his arms wide open, and he says, Isabel, I'm home. Oh, no. There she was, in the middle of the courtyard, 
slipping a little piece of wedding cake into Rodrigo's <gasps> mouth. No! He was too late. But nobody recognized him. I mean, he'd been away at war for five years from... 15 to 20, so you gotta imagine he looks quite different. He just slipped into the crowd unnoticed, and he went to find Isabel's father. And he went up to Senor Segura, and he's like, Hey, psst, asshole, what's the deal? Uh, and the father says, Whoa, oh, Diego? Uh-huh. Oh, didn't recognize you there. Oh, shit, son. You're a day late. Too bad, so sad. See you next Tuesday. Thanks for stopping by. You weren't invited. And Diego's like, no, 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 man. No, it's been five years to the day since I left. I got the little calendar watch right here. I've been tearing off a day every day. See? You can check the receipts. <laughs> it is today. And Papa Segura just kind of chuckles. He says, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, son. You started counting the day you left? My guy, we made the deal the day before that. You're the one who chose to leave the next morning. I waited until yesterday. You were late. The wedding was this morning. Buh bye. What an asshole. Oh. I also think this is so weird because it's like Isabel's in love with this guy. He's rich now. Why not? Yeah. What's the big problem? Yeah, but it just feels like a power play more than anything. Oh, definitely. It definitely feels like no that. I'm wondering if it's like, well, your family's poor or just like I just I mean, th- again, these are like kind of rival family. families. I don't think they've ever really liked each other much. All right. So, so he's, he's like, just even like, if you were rich, I wouldn't really want you to marry me. Yeah, marry because it was kind of, at first it was like, sorry, you're not rich. And he was like, well, what if I get rich? And he was like, uh, something else probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a reason. Uh-huh. Well, Diego was, of course, heartbroken and probably pretty pissed about this stupid technicality right. like I am. So he did what all noble lovers do when they want to set things straight. He snuck into the girl's bedroom on her wedding night. Oops. <laughs> Fellas. <laughs> Interesting choice. <laughs> Fellas, that's not, it's not, it's not it. Please don't sneak into a girl's bedroom. Uh, Rodrigo is in the other room, like, brushing his teeth and <laughs> washing his ass. So Diego crept in, and he grabs Isabel's hand. And she's like, <gasps> I don't know from fear of a random guy or if she was like, oh, it's Diego. Right. Um, But she, like, shoves Diego down underneath the bed, and Rodrigo comes in, and he goes, Yes, my love, did something frighten you? And she's thinking quick, and as quoted in Marsha's book, she says, quote, Oh, I suddenly remembered a vow I made when I was 15 to remain a virgin until I reached the age of 20. And I won't be 20 until tomorrow, so I beg you not to ask me to do what a man expects of his bride on their wedding night. She's she's a quick thinker. All right. Also, she's got a little Papa Segura in there. She's like, a te- technically, I won't <laughs> yeah. be 20 till tomorrow. Uh-huh. So. And Rodrigo presumably is like, okay, here we go with the technicalities of the Segura <laughs> family. He's like, fine, whatever. So he flops down next to her on the bed, and he goes to sleep. Mm. As soon as he's out, she grabbed Diego out from under the bed and took him outside the room so they could talk. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like, we got shit to talk about. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Okay. You know, I don't see you for five years. You don't call. You don't write. He says, what are you talking about? I wrote to you all the time. He's like, well, you didn't get on my postcards. Mm. They, you know, wish you were here fighting the Moors with me. <laughs> you didn't get any of those. He's the other one that's like, my love for you grows more and more. Oh, that's good. <laughs> if only you'd been around to sell postcards during this, during this war. <laughs> so she's like, asshole, I never got a single one of your postcards, no telegrams, any of your clever puns, nothing. <laughs> I just, oh, wait a second. 
that's probably got to be why my dad, every single day for the last five years, has rushed out to get the mail first. <gasps> he's probably sneaking away your letters, so I would never read them. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she didn't get his letters, but still Diego's saying, how could she marry this Don Rodrigo? Didn't she want to wait for him? You know, and I got to say, I'm getting real Wesley from the Princess Bride vibes here. <laughs> right. And if you ever heard me rant about the Princess Bride, I love this movie. It's so a, one of the best movies. I've watched it a hundred times as a child. I still watch it regularly today. But Wesley sucks, especially Daniel. right up till the point where he falls down the hill. And then he gets better, but he's still mm -hmm. kind of an ass. He's just very controlling. Right. And when he shows back up in her life and he's like mad at her <laughs> for for marrying, you know, some rich dude who's in her mind, going to take care of her. And he's like, wow, you couldn't have waited. She's like, I did motherfucker, wait. you went off to go find your fortune mm -hmm. and then come back mad at me. Right. Threatening to hit me. Excuse me. That man raises his hand to a moment in that movie. True. And he that sure is does. not okay. I don't care what kind of disguise he's putting on. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Plus, it is weird for him to come back and be like, didn't you just assume I was alive out there one day, would come back to you right. at some point? Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, I guess for a while. And then I was like, everyone's calling me a spinster. You're acting like I got a lot more agency <laughs> than I really do, sir. It's a great movie. I love it. It and, is very good. And um, Carrie Elwes is one of the greatest actors of our time. He's so adorable in that movie, too. Yeah. You can see why she's like, all right, fine. <laughs> you could be an asshole for a while. <laughs> well, she pushes him down the hill. <laughs> and it's like, mm -hmm. you could shut up and die. That's and he's true. like, all right, as you wish. She's like, okay, that hopefully that snapped him out of it. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll throw myself down the hill, too. Anyway. Well, that was a, a funny scene. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's a great scene. <laughs> My complaints are in jest. So... Diego's pulling a real Wesley here. Mm -hmm. He's real grumpy that she didn't wait for him. She's like, buddy, I did wait for you. Mm -hmm. My parents told me you were dead and I still waited for you. Mm -hmm. You dragged your ass and got here a day late. What do you want me to say? Yeah, and again, it's not like she has a lot of power over how her life goes. Yeah. She's somebody's daughter. She doesn't own herself. Yeah. I mean, especially in medieval times. The only way she was able to get her dad to hold off on marrying her off was to go over his head to God <laughs> and say, hey, dad, your boss tells you you got to wait. Sorry, bro. <laughs> He's like, well, I won't listen to you, but, but I will listen to what you say God told you to tell me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Diego tries to make his case about, you know, the five-year countdown and when it started or the day when he left right, or the day they right. made the deal or whatever. But Isabel basically is like, I mean, that's that's great and all, but it's too bad, so sad. I'm I'm married now. I, I wish you'd gotten here sooner, but we just had a super official ceremony in front of my family and God and a very expensive DJ. And, <laughs> <laughs> and there's no take-backs on that. Yeah. I mean, especially consider, considering the religious, oh, this is I like mean, the importance of religion. Catholic and, Spain in the 1200s. Okay, yeah, yeah. You, couldn't, you couldn't flout that it's at done. all. It's done. And fortunately, Diego does accept that there's very little to be done at this point mm -hmm. um, about this situation, but he does so in the most dramatic way possible. And he says to her, quote, I accept that it is God's will that we not be united in this life, but at least give me a kiss or I will die. Oh, uh, fellas. Pretty coercive. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of manipulative. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah. But my b balls are so blue. If you don't kiss me, <laughs> I could die. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. It's a lot. 
And Isabel, she's, you know, we've seen she's pretty firm about her religion and her honor. She really cares about these things. Yeah. They're very, they're not abstract for right. her. She did not, I'll say, she did not make up that story about God telling her to wait five years. Like, she believed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know I said it in kind of a mocking way, but she really did believe that. So she tells him, quote, I wish that things were otherwise, my love. I understand your grief and pain because I feel the same emotions. But now that I am married, I no longer belong to myself, and I cannot give you what belongs to my husband, not even a kiss. Mm. Which is, I think, kind of a backwards way of looking at it. Right, right. I think she loves this guy. She can give him a kiss. That's right. me, though. <laughs> That's just me. Yeah. she's She got married under a different set of rules, different set of vows right. than you and right. I did. Yeah. 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 Um, whereas, like, we specifically said in our vows, <laughs> and if your long-lost lover comes back <laughs> after five years and you want to give him a smooch, you can do yeah, that. Go ahead. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, I think I think but our grandparents were a little weirded out by that that inclusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they thought were like, that was these <laughs> modern couples, you know. <laughs> but you know, it was at the end of the day, it was just commitment, right? You know, right. she was committed to Rodrigo. She she promised her, it, and her religion her and her 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 purity, I guess. Yeah, and in herself, you know, herself. she was like, I made a choice mm-hmm. to, to whatever degree I was capable of making a choice, and I am committed to that choice. Yeah. Well, Diego was committed to his word, too, because he loved her too much to try and break her honor and her vows. But when he turned to walk away, he took two steps and then dropped to the floor dead. Oh, my God. He was right. If you don't kiss me, I will die. And we'll hear what was next for these lovers and how this led to a Guinness World Record setting event right after this commercial break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. 
Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Let's get back into it. All right. Now, sadly, Diego had died right in front of Isabel of a broken heart. She cried out in anguish and she rushed to his side. And from the other room, she heard Rodrigo kind of, what's going on? Honey, what's up in there? Everything okay? And she ran into the room before he had a chance to come out and see Diego's body. And she wiped tears away from her eyes and she told him, quote, I dreamed that a young friend of mine had agreed to marry her lover. And she went on to tell him basically her whole story of her and Diego, except she said that it was about my friend. All right. You know, <laughs> like... my, my friend wanted to marry this guy and her dad told him five years, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then my friend married this guy named Rodrigo. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Weird coincidence. Uh, <laughs> Dodd Dod Rigo. <laughs> Don Ricardo. Yeah. And. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, of course, you know, she's heartbroken telling this story. She's feeling all this incredible guilt. And she ended it by saying, quote, He asked her to kiss him so that he wouldn't die of grief. But she refused because she felt it would not be right. And then he died. That's why I was crying. Tell me, Rodrigo, do you think she did the right thing? Well, Rodrigo, who was apparently the Don of not reading the room... Uh, he laughed at her and said, quote, Well, she was silly and prudish and overly cruel to the one she loved, not to give him one kiss when he was alive to save his life, when she would kiss him a thousand times in her mind after he died. Oh, so Rodrigo's like, emotional cheating is still cheating. Tell <laughs> well, your friend. Yeah, I think he's just saying, like, what, that was so dumb. Why didn't you just kiss him? You're right. going to kiss him in your head over and over again anyway. I save his it. life. Yeah, save his Give life. Give him the smooch. <laughs> What's a big deal? What's a smooch between Uh-huh. Friends? Tell your friend she was real stupid not to do that. <laughs> and, and her husband should chill the fuck out of yeah, bed. Yeah, right, yeah. 
Now, then she walked Rodrigo outside the room and showed him Diego's body and said, quote, I am that silly and prudish woman, but I have kept my honor. Whoops. And Rodrigo's like, uh, oh, uh, yeah, what I meant was <laughs> you did the right thing, my <laughs> loving wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally shouldn't have kissed that guy. Those lips belong to this guy uh-huh. and no one else. Hope you're not kissing him in your mind a thousand times. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, they weren't sure what to do because, you know, they figure a dead ex-boyfriend in your bedroom on your wedding night, not a good thing. Oh, yeah, I know. That was real rough for us. I know, right? Again, our boyfriend. Relating your it back to our... I know, yeah. I didn't know what to do with him. <laughs> You're like, I didn't even know you existed. Yeah. So they don't know what to do with this corpse <laughs> that's lying in their house. And Rodrigo decides the best course of action is to carry the body across town and lay him down on the doorstep of Diego's family's house. Mm. His family found him the next morning. Of course, they're so grief-stricken. A funeral was set for the following day at the Church of San Pedro in Teruel, and everyone turned out for this war hero who had fought so hard for this big fortune. Mm. The de Marcia family, probably back on top with all this inherited wealth, and Isabel's family, the de Seguras, being one of the leading families in town, were also seated in the front row, and they're probably getting some serious side-eye from Diego's family. Yeah, right? He went off to war to impress you, Dad. Yeah. Papa Segura. And he was gone for five years. We didn't have him here. And now he shows up dead. Like, this is your fault. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I'd be pissed, too. Yeah. And Isabel was right there in the front row with her family. She had her black veil covering her tear-streaked face as she sat through this long Catholic ceremony. And then, Marsh writes, Before anybody realized what she was doing, she walked up to the open casket, threw back her veil, and kissed Diego's dead lips so loudly that the sound echoed through the cathedral and shocked the whole town. Wow. She wrapped her arms around his body and held him tight. And her parents got up and rushed up to the casket as well. They're like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. What is she doing? And they tried to pull her off of him. But as they did, Isabel's body went limp. She was also dead. Marsh points out it's common for accounts of this story to say that Isabel died from grief. Mm -hmm. But he cites one version that was found in the archives of the San Pedro Church in 1806, which says that in her mind, as she walked to Diego's coffin, she thought to herself, quote, I will live no longer. I will follow your example and die, husband, for you deserve that name more. I consider the devotion you showed me to be a pact until your death. And I want to repay that with my death so that fame will make us one in the tomb. If poison and dagger fail me, grief will suffice to give me a sure death. You will see me within an hour, and I will be very happy if one gravestone will cover us both, for our souls burn with a pure and chaste love. Wow. So that version's much more Romeo and Juliet. I mean, straight up poison and a dagger. <laughs> yeah, right. In her head, at least. Right. Um, so that kind of suggests that she poisoned herself before she went up there. And she was like letting the poison do its work. She uh-huh. puts them on the lips and boom. Now we're together yeah. forever in paradise. These people in these stories are always very confident about the timing that poison will take. Right. Very true. You know, it's like, I will go. I will take the poison precisely. <laughs> 
36 seconds mm-hmm. before I'm where I want to die. Right. And then I will die quickly, Second quietly, and peacefully, which I don't That's think the, uh, any poisons do that. It's like, where, where's the foaming at the mouth? Right, the, or the twitching. Seizures, yeah. Or all the vomiting. Right. Right. Some of these, this fairy tale poison, I'm like, when I, when it's time for me, give me that shit. <laughs> Tasteless, odorless, and you just yeah, drop dead without ever knowing about it. Quietly. <laughs> Easy peasy lemon. Instantly. Wow. Yeah. <gasps> Only a fool would choose the glass in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the families were so moved by her gesture and the love that they clearly shared for each other. And Rodrigo, in fact, told them everything that she had relayed to him oh. about their story and their love for each other. So all of them, both families, even Rodrigo agreed that these two should be buried together. And in the church ground that year of 1217, they were buried side by side to rest together for eternity. Well, I hope Papa Segura felt like a real dumbass because <laughs> if he had just let her wait, yes, she would true. have, A, he would have an alive daughter yeah. who was happy and in love with uh-huh. her husband, yep. who was a rich man. Yep. So it would have been everything he wanted. He would just have to deal with like the father every one year at a family reunion or something. Like, what's the deal? Yeah, well, you know, this is where our prejudices Mm -hmm. blind us to our best choices. Yeah, you know, that's true. There you go. That's Mm -hmm. your moral story. Take that with you. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, the story became legend. Mm -hmm. Legend became myth. And for five and a half thousand years, the ring poisoned his... Wait, Wait I'm I'm in the wrong story. story. (laughs) Legend became myth. And for over 250 years, it was just an oral history passed down across Spain. Mm -hmm. But in the year 1578, so yeah, like 250 years later, Mm -hmm. but a long time ago still, according to an article on Medieval.eu... Two mummies were exhumed from beside the church, and this article says they were proven at the time to be these star-crossed lovers. Mm. But the website points out, quote, the notary, who had also written about these lovers years before, simply claimed that he found documents witnessing to the fact that the two mummies were the fated lovers. It was kind of like, well... I found a thing that said that something said that something that said that something said that these were the two Mm -hmm. from the story. Trust me. Yeah. And he's already writing about them. So he's already kind of got an angle. Like he's already interested in the story and probably wanted to find them. Well, yeah, it makes more people want to buy his version because he's got like a personal connection and stuff. Yeah, I can totally see that. Right. And so we can suspect that this was not actually proven at all, Mm -hmm. despite him saying it was. And unfortunately... Science did poop this party anyway, because very recently, DNA studies showed that these bodies were from the 14th, not the 13th century. And not only that, they were actually two males. Oh. But at the time, the mummies were a big cultural hit. Oh, yeah. Because people believed, you know, who they were. Oh, sure, sure. And a play was written about the lovers just 15 years after the bodies were exhumed called Los Amantes de Teruel. And the bodies were exhibited in the 1860s. Oh, people love that stuff in the 1860s. Oh, they love to Come see bodies. the mummies. Yeah. Oh, we have a bodies exhibit that is We do. I guess people love popular. it today. <laughs> people still love bodies, so whatever. <laughs> quit hating on the past. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, operas, plays, songs, and movies have been made out of their story. I kind of wonder if Shakespeare had maybe heard a little bit of this You've legend, wonder, and that's yeah. what inspired right. some of Romeo and Juliet. Right. I don't know that. Speculation station. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare heard it. He said, let me write this down, make a little <laughs> money off that. <laughs> uh, real broke today. Uh-huh. Um, and just because these mummies were not their bodies, that doesn't really quite answer whether or not their story is true. Right. Because, um, you know. Obviously, similar stories have been told for centuries, but this one might be the earliest version. Mm. James Michener said in his 1968 book, Iberia, that the Italian author, Giovanni Boccaccio, told practically the same story in 1353 about two Italian lovers. Okay, so this would have been like... A hundred years after Mm -hmm. their story. So still way before the bodies were dug up or anything. So early days of of this story. All right. Yeah. Except that Boccaccio's version had, quote, considerable salacious and amusing material. Oh. (laughs) And he goes on to argue that the erotic version of the story probably came second because... Quote, it is difficult to find instances in which popular taste borrowed an erotic tale from a professional writer and retold it with the erotic elements missing. (laughs) True. (laughs) Missioner gets fanfic, okay? Yeah, yeah. They always add more sex in their version than there ever was in the original property. No one's going to take a a famous author's version of a very X-rated story and say, let me write a PG version of it. Like, boring, who cares? I'm just going to read the raunchy one. Exactly. You would do it the other way around. You would do it the other way around. Yeah. So it's more likely that he took the original story and added salacious, sexy stuff instead of somebody taking his sexy story and taking all the good stuff right, out. Right, right, right. out. He's <laughs> <laughs> squeezing all the juice out of my story. <laughs> now, regardless, this legend is a huge part of the culture of the city of Teruel today. In 1955, artist Juan de Avalos sculpted two gorgeous tombs for the lovers. Uh, they have their, you know, it's it's like two tombs, two stone tombs, and the lid at the top of them is a relief sculpture of two bodies, mm-hmm. you know, his and hers, and they're next to each other and they're reaching out their hands. Uh, they're not touching. Mm-hmm. They're just coming so close, but their hands just aren't touching. And he says that that was supposed to represent the purity of their love. I think, to me, it really represents that they came so close right. and never really got there. Yeah. Uh, very, very tragic. It's also reminding me of Iniesta Castro uh-huh. and Peter, because when they died, he had their tombs facing each other. Yeah. So that when they arose and, you know, the last judgment, they would rise facing each other. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then throughout the late 90s and the early 2000s, the city of Teruel worked on a wide tourism campaign with the lovers, sort of centering their strategy around this concept of Europe in love. Mm -hmm. So it was this whole like tourism strategy, and it linked Teruel with cities like Verona in Italy, Krosno in Poland, uh, Heraklion in Greece, and others as all these like romance cities. Like this is, these are the origins of love, you know, this Big famous love stories happening here. Let us find all those cities okay. and do a ridiculous romance. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's contact the European Union because they're working on this oh, whole tourism right. campaign right now. Oh, great. And uh, if anybody over there works for the EU and wants to call us about doing a romance tour. Please call us. Uh, we're ready. Yeah. Bags are packed. Please. <laughs> And in 2005, they sort of rebuilt the mausoleum around these tombs Mm -hmm. in this church, uh, San Pedro. And so you can go see them. Uh, It's supposed to be really beautiful. Can't wait to go. Yeah. Uh, These tombs are really lovely. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you look, you can see some pictures of them. And then in 2018, 
18, celebrating the 800th anniversary of the lovers, the city of Teruel held an event which set a Guinness World Record. And this record was for the longest kissing relay. Kissing relay. Kissing relay. And I guess it's because they never got to kiss. So oh, okay. let's let's set up a kiss chain in their honor. Hmm. We can all kiss each other. Now, the details here are murky. I can't find exactly how it worked, and there's not a ton of documentation of this thing. The Guinness World Records site just says that it happened. They just say it was a relay. There was 1,015 people that gathered in the city of Teruel for a kissing relay. That's all they say. I feel like they should have some more <laughs> uh, right? some video or it's video. something. Video, it was 2018. Come on. Because I'm thinking it's a relay. Yeah. So you kiss, someone kisses you on your left and you turn your head and you kiss the person on your right. Yeah. They turn their head, kiss, 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 all around in a big circle. Suck and, and blow if, from Clueless. Ex- right, right. <laughs> and if that's the case, 2018 is probably the, the birthplace of the predecessor of COVID. Because, <laughs> my God. That sounds like a thousand people kissing yeah. random folks. The yeah, the one thousand and fifteenth person in that line is getting through. everything everyone in that line had before them. He, they went home and they were like, "I suddenly have herpes, hepatitis, <laughs> <Right>. cold sores, <laughs> lupus somehow, lupus somehow." <laughs> I don't know. Well, thinkspain.com writes a little bit more about it, and they say that. This was just a place where all these couples got together and kissed simultaneously. Mm. But I don't know if I buy that. Now, they say it was all couples. Everyone could show up. It could be same-sex couples. It could be hetero couples. It could be any pairs of people get up and kiss simultaneously, and that's how the record was set. But I'm thinking relay means relay, Yeah, right? And plus, there are other records for the most people kissing in one place. That are separate right, that from this. Right, that sounds different, yeah. Oh, also 1,015 people. As, yeah, that doesn't split into couples. Yeah. Yeah. Unless the thruple showed up. Yeah, or one dude was kissing himself. <laughs> he kissed his hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, I came here hoping someone would kiss me, but no one will do it. I'm thinking 1,015 people got in a line. Mm-hmm. Maybe they made a cool like spiral out of it or something. Ooh. That's what I would do. That would be cool. You can call me to set up the next one. Well. <laughs> I will... Happily be the first person in that line, but not the last. <laughs> okay, not the last, or honestly anywhere in the middle. Nope, nope, number uh, one. I, I, on, well, number one or nothing. Yeah. A human centipede. Yep. I, if I'm going to have to be in it, you know I'd what? like to be the one in the front. <laughs> I would take number two so I could kiss two people. Okay. But that's it. I'm not going any further than number two. Okay. <laughs> and I get to pick numbers one and three. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of stipulations here. Yeah. Call me. That's why you're organizing it, so you can be like, yes, exactly, exactly how this. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but you know, it's a nice little uh, uh, homage to their story in an Mm -hmm. era before we were worried about contagions so desperately. Also, a relay makes more sense because they didn't ever got to really kiss each other, right? Except in death or in his death, right? So So it's sort of like you're passing a kiss along, but you never really get to kiss. The one person you want oh, to kiss, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm the last totally person in the line had to go, like, kiss the, kiss the, kiss the ghosts of <laughs> Isabel and Diego. Hmm. Or the tomb, yeah. Maybe carried the kiss to them or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's very interesting um, uh, choice for a world record to make. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm assuming there was no record for them to break. I don't know. But maybe there was. Well, thinkspain.com says there was, but they are referring to a group of couples who all got together and kissed yes. in the same place. And that is a whole separate record. Oh. So I don't know that there was, you know, the well, Guinness site does not it. say that they broke a record or that one has been broken since. Okay. Because who... <laughs> Who in the year 2022 would line up a thousand people and have them all kiss each other? <laughs> <laughs> the super spreader event yeah, of the year. We're going to need to forget a lot before that I can happen that, again. I think you're right. I think you're right. That's very And when it does, crazy. I will be second in line. <laughs> <laughs> when I forget all this shit, I'll be second in line. Oh, my God. Huh. Ugh. I don't know if I could if I could do that kissing relay. But also, I will not allow a kissing relay at Ridiculcon. <laughs> We're not yeah, we can't that. do that. Not this year. Not any year. Not, a, not any year. <laughs> Look, what happens inside the hotel rooms at Ridiculcon okay, right. is none of our business. None of my business. <laughs> but make it my business. Go ahead, shoot me an email. <laughs> Let me know which the room number. <laughs> Just in case I'm interested. Yeah, Diana won't come. But yeah, probably not. Doesn't mean I won't. <laughs> Depends on the mood, I guess, of the day. Hey, can I go? Maybe. Depends on my mood. Oh, I got you. I got you. Pretty capricious about these things. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, eh, sure, whatever. What do I care? Yeah. And then other times I'm like, I feel jealous. Yeah, same. I feel mm-hmm. the same way. Yep. That's interesting for polyamorous people. I wonder if they have that too, where they're like, some days they're like, I just feel jealous today. I don't know why, but yeah. I'm just feeling it. Yeah. I normally don't care, but ugh, it's just getting to me. Right. Or if they're just like, I just don't feel that at all. I'm sure it's both. It's probably both. But anyway, it's probably if you're polyamorous, new. let me know. Yeah. So, yeah, this was such an interesting, like, Romeo and Juliet fable. I hate Papa Segura. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that guy. Let your daughter marry the guy she likes. That God's guy. sake. I know. Kind of feel bad for Rodrigo, though. I oh, guess. for sure. I guess he was like, oh, cool, I got a wife. Oh, we're not having sex. Well, tomorrow's another day. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's no. dead the next day. Rodrigo's like the most passive and pleasant character in this story. <laughs> Like, Diego's worse than Rodrigo. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder if Isabella had had time to think. She'd be like, actually, Rodrigo's okay. I like Rodrigo. Diego was I didn't straight give up. him a chance. Yeah, right? <laughs> Diego was straight up like, if you don't kiss me, I'll die. And then she didn't kiss him, and he was like, I'll show her. I'll show- I'm going to actually die. Damn. I wonder what really, I mean... I guess you can really die from a heartbreak, it but can, it feels yeah. like an automatic death from heartbreak is a little bit unusual. Hey, so the, did he already have like the plague or something? I, you know, or? I don't know. In my the image in my head, it's like the end of uh, Kill Bill when he just walks mm-hmm. away and just she falls does the down dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert for that fourteen-year-old movie. Oh yeah, sorry everyone, we ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hope you loved it. Yeah. I hope you were fascinated. I hope this is the first time you've heard this story. Um, uh, it's definitely, there's a lot of uh, summaries of this legend out there, but the Richard Marsh one seemed to be the most comprehensive mm-hmm. version of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but it was it's a pretty cool yeah. little tale about some star-crossed, some star-crossed lovers. lovers. And then mm-hmm. I, I love seeing how these legends, whether or not they were true, impact culture. Mm-hmm. You know, for centuries, for yeah. just hundreds, thousands of years. Uh, one day, you know, in the year 3056, uh, they'll be celebrating this in Teruel. And everyone will be like, you know, back in the day, there was this pretty cool podcast that <laughs> talked about this legend. Let's use our let's use our resurrection ray guns Ooh. to bring them back. And then we'll come. We'll be like, oh, what are we doing here? And they'll say, uh, welcome to the future. Well, it's our present. But we assume it's your future. Um, we have uh, free, everybody gets free Wi-Fi. 
and uh, healthcare still sucks. <laughs> but now here in Spain, right? Only back where you're from. Only where you're from. Yeah. And we've resurrected you, so you can get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be like, damn it, start podcasting. <laughs> We died to get out of this. Nope. <laughs> Just playing. We nope. love this show. <laughs> They're gonna be like, podcasts are the center of our society. Wow. And we worship podcasters. Oh, <laughs> this changes. Please the game. take the honorable first and second position in our kissing <laughs> relay. <laughs> We've eradicated all disease. Oh, good. So I'll be first. Yeah. I'll kiss you, and then yep. you can kiss someone else. Yeah. That's that. And works. they'll be like, and number two, for number t- three in the line, we've resurrected the entire cast of the Avengers. <gasps> and I'll be like, wow. this is great. Oh, my God. I love this future. <laughs> this future is amazing. <laughs> would you have to start with Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> Look, if I had to kiss the entire cast of the Avengers, I probably would start with Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Be like, mm-hmm. we'd, we'd have a, like... We have to get this out of the way, right? And he's like, yeah, I get it. All right. Uh, ScarJo. ScarJo? Where are you at? <laughs> Lupita? Like... Is Lupita here? Lupita? Yeah. Deny? Anyone? Deny? <laughs> I couldn't. Any Chris? Any can't... Chris? Any Chris. It's fine. All Chris's are fine. I guess. Yeah. I have my 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 preferred Chris's. Sure. But I feel like Chris do. Evans would probably give you a nice romantic kiss. I feel like oh, I'm, like, sure I'm going to make it, you know, I'm Chris Evans. Yeah. I'm going to give you your money's worth. <laughs> the thing is, I bet Chris Evans gives a great hug. I bet he does give great hugs. Yeah. I could totally see that. Especially he was wearing that cable knit from Knives Out. <laughs> what happened? How soft. Where are we? What are we talking about? I don't know. We're trying to end the show. That's what we're trying to do. We got to get out. Bail. 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 Get me out of here. <laughs> Mayday. We're going down with the Avengers again. <laughs> Okay, no, we're done Look, with the story. Yes. It's amazing fable. Tell us uh, what you thought. Yeah, tell us what you thought about this or what, what where you'd like to be in the thousand-person kissing relay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell us your numbers. We'll set everyone a number. We'll line them up at Ridiculous. We'll it all worked out. Uh, <laughs> as long as I'm first and Eli's second, it's fine. Um, yeah, you can find us... Um, yeah, you can email us at ridicromance at gmail.com. Yes, find us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at oh great, it's Eli. I'm at Diana Mike. Boom. And the show is at Ridic Romance. And we love hearing from you. And again, loved all these uh, suggestions for yeah. DickuCon and Art Olympics and keep stuff. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate talking to y'all. So yeah. thanks so much for spending your time with us today. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. So long, friends, it's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.